Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Uh, Welcome in, guys. It is (laughs) Thursday morning, 6.33 a.m. And uh, yeah, sorry, just... uh, Having a little fun with it, still sleep deprived, um, but uh, getting by at work super late last night, trying to catch up on everything. And of course, the systems that I'm using, like one of them crashes. So it's like, well, I can't get this task done. Hey, can I get this? Uh, I need to get this uh, up and running. OK, we'll get back to you on January 5th. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, you don't well, get any work done during the holidays. Nope. It's uh, it's frustrating. But you know who is getting work done? Mile High Huddle. And Scott and I are joining you guys today. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, my sleep was interrupted by giant thunderstorms and flashing lights. Uh, kids sleep right through. People always say, where do the kids get the energy? I'm like, have you ever seen the way kids sleep? Mm-hmm. You know, until they're about 15, you can grab a kid by the ankle and drag them around and they're going to stay asleep. When's the last time you slept like that? So um, uh, I'm, I'm, I felt better. <laughs> but, you know, that's what that's what I call this nap in a cup. See the top yeah. of that one? That was nice and full. So it won't be like that soon. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm already uh, halfway through my first cup. Got my reserve here. And uh, speaking of reserves, we're going to talk a little bit of the sick bug going around, some information on the Broncos in that regard. But uh, matters of business first, guys. Of course, this is Broncos for Breakfast. We are in, entering week 17 of the season, and we've been going strong three shows a week since the beginning of the season. And gosh, we've been at it since March last year. So we're, we're coming up on a year here pretty soon. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for joining us for these morning shows. I guess we're going to have to figure out what the Broncos scheme might look like if they do move on from Fangio. That could change things. But, you know, it's uh, it is officially for me draft season. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. There's a decent chance the, the Broncos and Falcons could end up with the same record. Mm-hmm. Real, real good chance. I figure eight and nine would be the most likely scenario for that to happen. Um, I think, right? Because I think the, the Falcons are seven and eight, and the Broncos are eight and seven. I think the Broncos, the Falcons, have a better chance of winning one of the next two than the Broncos do. Uh, the Saints at home versus the Chargers on the road and the Chiefs. But um, we will see. We will see. We'll get into that for sure today. 
Yeah, we got Sean's in the house. Good morning. How high is the possibility that new ownerships will clean house? Um, it's a weird situation where the ownership is going to come after the essentially what the uh, the off season has completed. So I think it's a possibility after next season, if they especially if they keep Vic Fangio, which I think is a long shot right now. But um, I think uh, you could see it down the line. I also think the ownership will give George Payton a chance. So it's probably you're looking more like at 2023, where if things fall off the rail again next next season, then you could see some movements. Um, we got Colin Wood coming in. Go ahead, Scott. Well, no, that's, I was going to agree with you. Um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the major changes will probably happen before the ownership gets done. Yeah. So, um, what are the chances they come in and, and clean house? Mm, I don't, I don't know that they want to come in and you know, it's not like the Broncos are broken. Breaking the Broncos, um, it's not that they're broken. There's a lot of good in place there. I mean, from a high level. They always say, you know, it's easier to change however many players you have on a roster, depending on the team. It's easier to change, you know, one guy, the coach, and a couple of assistants than it is to flip the 53. The 53 roster is not bad. So, and you've got the the infrastructure, the fan base, you've got everything there. So clean house. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're, you're going to see a new coaching staff and that will probably happen before the ownership happens. Yeah, I agree. The Broncos aren't broken, but j- based on the uh, quarterback discourse I've seen on the social medias, maybe the fan base is broken right now. But we're gonna we're gonna get you guys fixed. That's what the uh, building Broncos, Broncos for breakfast, will get you guys right. Colin Wood, from what I understand, the earliest there would be an ownership, a new ownership is late spring. Correct. We got DWI guys. Ethan, morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, EJ. Good morning, Nick and Scott. We got Travis coming in with stars. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Hope you all have your coffee and staying warm, Nick. I like one mock draft where I. Denver actually takes Devin Lloyd at 11. Oh, man, Travis, you are giving me catnip this morning. Oh, we have stuff to talk about with the Broncos playing the Chargers? Hell no. Who cares? It's draft season, baby. I'm I'm stoked. And maybe we won't have these picks, but for now, we're going to live in the world of uh, the world of make-believe and talk a little bit of draft. Scott, have you watched much uh, Devin Lloyd? Do you, are I you aware? Not, I haven't watched him at all. Oh, man. Okay, well, I am a big fan. I know I am the not the biggest proponent of taking lineba- non-pass rushing linebackers in the first round uh, because you, typically you can find them in bounty day two, um, especially in this club draft class. I like a lot of the guys that are going to be in day two for the linebacker position. Devin Lloyd's my linebacker one for the Broncos right now with this scheme. Um, he is, he's actually like, I would say he's a five-tool linebacker. He can play the box. He can play sideline to sideline. He can blitz. He can play zone. He can play man, um, which is outstanding for a linebacker if the Broncos are going to keep in this Vic Fangio style defense I think I would like him a lot and obviously things could change uh, with a Dan Quinn defense or somebody else coming in here but um, Lloyd next to Browning would be very fun I think he's the talent he's a talent level to the extent where if the Broncos are picking 10 to 15 I'm I'm listening uh, he's and he's gonna end up there for me Quinn Quinn ran I haven't watched him as much with the Cowboys but he ran a, a base for a three in Atlanta. So, you know, a, ver- a more versatile outside linebacker makes sense. He doesn't have yeah. to rush. He needs to do a little bit more in coverage and holding down the block and sealing the- and that type of stuff where you're trying to get your pressure from your front four. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We got Peter coming in also with stars stars. Uh, Peter over in Cambodia. Hope you're doing well. Hope your holidays were good, Peter. Uh, are the Chargers really that much better than the Broncos? The Broncos won last time around. Uh, the Chargers... This is a matchup league, guys. Um, obviously, the, when you rank teams, they're going to be fine. Or you're going to have the overall rankings. But one team might match up well against one team where they're, on paper, the better team against most squads. But they just really struggle against this one matchup. And the Chargers, 
are absolutely positively terrible against the run. They are mm-hmm. so weak up the middle. Uh, this team, you, we talk about the positional value again. We're coming back to draft talk already. It's time, guys. I'm sorry. Um, Jordan <laughs> Jordan Davis. If that Chargers team would trip over themselves trying to get Jordan Davis for the uh, Brandon Staley defense because he would completely change what they can do on first and second down and probably take their 32 ranked EPA per play uh, DVOA run defense from 32 to 22 just by himself. Just by himself because that's how uh, important he is for a run defense. Um, so Broncos match up well with the Chargers because the Broncos should be able to run the ball against them on will, uh, just like we saw them the last time they met up. No, and I, I just watched the first half of the Texans just running right through the Chargers. Their defense um, is so bad, man. You know, and, and the Broncos are a better running team than the Texans easily. Yep. Royce Freeman looked like an animal. Um, Royce Freeman is an animal, but you know, who would you rather have Javante Williams or Royce Freeman? The concern for me is I kind of joke, you know, the, the old saying the immovable object, et cetera. So I, I kind of flip that, you know, this is the movable object meeting the resistible force, you know, something's got to give. So you got bad offense against bad defense. Typically the bad defense is better than a bad offense. You know, yeah. you can, a bad offense is usually just bad. So do you trust this offense to get it going? Um, you know what? 13 points and one of them was a gimme. You know, they basically yeah. the offense didn't get in the end zone last week against the Raiders. The Raiders aren't known for big time defense. Um, you know, you, you think about it. You're like, OK, the running game should work. You got Drew Locke passing. This should work. But do you trust them to go on the road against a, a, a Chargers team that was just embarrassed and put points on the board? Because the Chargers are going to put points on the board. You know, a good offense against good defense, good offense is going to it's going to get their points. But, uh, you know, this it is it is a, a good matchup theoretically. But do you do you trust the, the Broncos right now? They're a seven point dog on the road. That's a big number. Yeah. So, you know, going back to Peter, you know, are they that much better? They're not that much better, but they're capable of playing more consistently at a high level right now than the Broncos are playing. And there's a reason they're a seven-point favorite. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this game. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, obviously the Chargers have one of the best young quarterbacks in football. Maybe sometime this offseason we'll have to get into the Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert debate. Um, But uh, he's incredible. Vic Fangio has seemed to have had his number, but – you know, the tools are there with Herbert and that team is uh, getting better there. The defense, the front seven specifically has been bad. And back to the linebacker conversation, Kenneth Murray is the exact reason why I'm very scared of uh, getting somebody like uh, a linebacker in the first round, because it's all about probability and making the most sense of your investment. And if you get a linebacker in the first round, they're Micah Parsons. You're happy about it, man. You are over the moon. But if you trade up like the chargers did and take Kenneth Murray, who has been dog duty um, on that, just, just <laughs> terrible for them. Not only back, Nick. Uh, he's just dog chasing cars. No, no idea what he's doing. Um, and that's he's a good athlete, though. But uh, just I don't know. Or, or the Devin Bush trade was that worth it for the Steelers? Or do you think they could have used those extra picks and fortified the offensive line? What are you doing trading up in the top ten for a linebacker, um, a non-pass rushing linebacker? So we'll see. Uh, Travis Weber coming in. Uh, Timmy P and two others are on the sick bug list. Uh, that is very true. The other guys are. Calvin Anderson, who I don't believe is activated yet after suffering the injury he had in week 13, week 11. He suffered it a while ago. It was when Bowles was out for a bit. Uh, Calvin Anderson suffered that injury. And then also, oh, it might have been the Chargers game, actually, uh, where he got hurt. But um, And then also uh, Caden Stearns 
is hurt. So you're losing a little bit of depth in the secondary and special teams. Luckily, uh, Kareem Jackson is out there. We'll see if Ronald Darby plays. I know he's nursing a injury uh, that he suffered last week, but uh, Broncos are starting to injury starting to pile up on the back end. And now you have the sick bug kind of running around too. And on the same thought there, uh, just for, I guess, an announcement, if the, I think the league protocols have changed to the extent where you might see Mike Williams and Chris Harris Jr. and somebody else for the Chargers back this week uh, who would have been out. But now because of everything going on with uh, the new variants um, with testing, just I mean, everybody testing positive, uh, the league change protocol. So you might see those guys back that were otherwise going to be out. And that really would be a huge benefit for the Chargers. Yeah, I think I think the Players Association in particular is getting sick of everybody testing positive without being sick. Yeah. So that was it's like, okay, enough. Let's use some common sense here. Um, which, you know, I'm all for. Um, Ethan coming in. So this is a running game week, which means Shermer will pass. Smack my head. Um, Drew Drew was asked yesterday about the the play action and how he's comfortable, and he says it starts with the running game. It does. It, it absolutely does. So, you know, theoretically, I mean, I think the single best way I could look at this game, if I could see what would be perfect for the Broncos and, and a Drew Lock game, would be um, Carr's game against you the first time you played the Raiders. Mm. You know, where it was just, it was running game, running game, deep shot. Running game, running game, deep shot. And it was like 20 yards per completion. That'd be awesome. If they can't stop the run and then you can suck in the, the safeties and linebackers, that'd be the way. I think he only passed 22 or 25 times and had like 350 yards. It was insane. Yeah. Um, that would be ideal. Um, I'm not sure who it was. It may have been. Pete, no, it wasn't Peter, maybe Clayton. Let me see. Came in and says, Oh, it was it was Clayton. Uh, and, and Ethan uh, appreciates you for sure. Um, Locke says, two great games, so we keep him. You keep him next year, you know, unless you get an offer that's uh that's you know fourth round or higher and you've already got plans. But yeah, he's cheap, he's serviceable. You you keep him. Absolutely. Um, you know, unless he's a, a distraction in the locker room or or something like that, but He's worth more to you having on the roster than a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. You know, I, we were talking last night just about, you know, his his trade value isn't that great right now. And, um, you know, Chad and Zach kind of disagreed, but then actually, in my opinion, agreed. They're like, you could get a conditional seventh or a conditional sixth. I'm like, yeah, that ain't much for a quarterback. No, you just made the point for them. Um, you know, I think he's worth more to you on the roster. So, yeah, I, I expect to see Drew Luck. On, on the Broncos next year, unless he pushes for a trade or That's, you're yep, better yep. off addition by subtraction because he's a, a distraction, which, which we haven't seen. We, we haven't no. seen that. By all accounts, he seems like a very good teammate and a good dude. So that's why a lot of people are cheering for him, and I'm cheering for him too. I hope he has a great two games like Clayton says. Also, good morning, Clayton. Uh, Clayton messaged me this morning asking me what time we were going live. So good to see you as we hit the go live button. And you made the point too. You're saying, why would you get rid of him? I could see George Payton, you know, giving Drew Glock a tip of the cap where it's like, listen, we're not going to be putting you in a position to be the starter here. We're looking to upgrade. And Drew's like, okay, well, I want a chance to start somewhere. Yeah. Then, so, then so, you could see it. Then you do. Yeah. If he, if he asked for it, yep. you know, um, you do right by him that, that happens. Yep. Um, the, the Panthers could have had Teddy Bridgewater and sat there. Teddy asked for a trade. They respected Teddy enough to make a move for him where they ended up eating most of the costs and Denver got mm-hmm. him for virtually nothing. Um, out of respect for for Teddy Bridgewater, also, and and to to clear a lane, I guess a little bit for Sam Darnold, um, for whatever that was worth. We can get into that later too. 
There's an alternate reality out there where the Broncos, where the uh, the Panthers eat a lot of Sam Darnold's money and they trade him to the Broncos for the same that Teddy they traded Teddy for. Just hilarious. I mean, I just sometimes I like to talk about bad scenarios just so I can laugh uh, and stare back into the void. I'd, li- uh, I'd like to see Teddy back in New Orleans. Um, yeah, you know, a quarterback in a Sean Payton system is going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I saw Jameis Winston coming up yesterday. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't want Jameis Winston. Um, he's He's almost like the ceiling of Drew Locke is Jameis Winston. Uh, high turnovers, high. He's, you know, I don't, I don't think Drew's going to throw thirty interceptions for goodness sakes. But you know, a forty touchdown, twenty five interception guy—that's a good season for Jameis Winston. Um, I, that's that's not who you want. And is he going to look better under Sean Payton? Yeah, yeah, he's playing the best best of his career because Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints have a good system and they make they let quarterbacks thrive. Don't overpay for that guy. You know, don't. Yeah. Don't make the same mistake that the Carolina Panthers did and think that the, the, the quarterback in a Sean Payton system is going to come be the same quarterback for you. So you're saying that we shouldn't go after Taysom Hill. Man, I'm, I'm crushed. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Brown, $5. Good morning, Dean Malcolm. Whose liver could survive a Shermer play calling predictability drinking game? Uh, Captain America, that's about it. I saw guinea pigs also have something about their metabolism where they can't get drunk really. So maybe a couple, maybe you have a, a I don't know, we've a got two guinea, guinea pigs. pigs in our house and they eat their weight in food a day. It's insane. So I believe that with the metabolism on them, you, you put in whatever you put in, you put in a handful of carrots to a gone. guinea pig this big, those carrots are toast. They're gone. They're, uh, yeah. they're pretty amazing. I think we said, Hey to Lawrence. Yeah. Um, just making sure. Good morning, Lawrence. Uh, in case we had good morning and thanks for the stars. Um, Happy holidays. I hope your family had a great uh, holiday season. And Wyatt came in with some stars too. Let me scroll down here just a little bit. So I know what happened, but I'd love to snag Tyler Linderbaum to help shore, shore up this horrible O-line. The man is an animal in the trenches. There may be some slight bias in this selection. Um, as much as a bias for the Iowa, I think Nick's distaste for taking interior linemen in the top 15 might be stronger. <laughs> You're right. I also I'm, I try to be very guarded against my draft analysis for the Hawkeyes to Broncos. Like I was not pounding the table for... Noah Fan or TJ Hawkinson. I was not pounding the table for Josie Jewell. I thought those were good players, but I, I try to be overcritical in that I'll sense. Say, sometimes you overcompensate. We're all biased. That's what bias yeah. is what makes up our personalities. We're all biased. Mm-hmm. But do you recognize them and can you correct? And sometimes we overcorrect. I uh, um, a lot of times. You see that in in commentating. Yeah. You know, it's like the Ohio State fans hate it when Kirk Herbstreet does uh, an Ohio State game. They feel like they're too tough on him. He's mm. probably overcorrecting to a certain extent because he's an Ohio State guy. Yeah, and uh, we're all to- totally. My uh, my mother is a teacher, and I always felt like she was tougher on me than a lot of other people. And it's probably that exact thing. And I probably inherited being that. a coach's that's, kid. That's we, as coaches, we say to our kids what we wish we could say to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, Tyler Linderbaum, um, not Balm <laughs> from uh, Wyatt. Although I probably my lips are a little dry. Could use some Tyler Linderbaum. Um, but the center position, I just don't know if it's worth the investment this cycle. I think that Lloyd Cushenberry is fine. I mean, you saw the difference from maybe it's Austin Schlotman is that poor, but I think that Tyler, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, for as cheap as he is for two more seasons, um, I don't think there's a reason to you to invest a first round pick at the center position. Now, if you are switching to the Kyle Shanahan wide zone scheme and you don't think Cushenberry has the ability to reach block in that wide zone scheme like uh Tyler Binderbaum where that's going to be really important for you to run the inside and outside zone uh together 
then maybe you could start to talk about it, especially if you're drafting, let's say the Broncos win one of these next two games and falls to like pick 16. That's really possible guys, given how packed everything is in the middle right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's best player available. Okay. It's when you're taking him in the top 10, it gets me a little bit. uh, You should make the top 10. You're not going to be that high. Okay, I, there's too much. There's too much. Uh, there's too much uh, at eleven. Well, you go zero and two. You lose these next two games. I guess you could. So the Broncos uh, and your schedule. Yeah, you could. You could have a top ten pick. Yep, it's possible. Um, you have a top ten pick. You want to trade it? That, that's how you want to get your quarterback. Unless there's a really good. Uh, if you can't get that quarterback there, I could see them investing in a pass rusher or a tackle because those are two positions that the Broncos yep. have been. They could use an investment there, and that's where the lot the needs are kind of lining up in that area. Um, but Tyler Linderbaum, I like him. If you're running a wide zone scheme, you're picking like pick 15 to or let's say 14 to 20, and you love him, then I can I can talk myself into it. I probably would not do that. I, I think I could probably find a defensive back, a pass rusher, defensive lineman, or an offensive tackle, maybe even a quarterback in that area where like, you know, the Patriots just sat there at 15 and let Mac Jones fall to them. Uh, They didn't give up any additional resources to go get him. And he looks like he's going to be fine for that rookie contract. Not in love with this class, but if one there is one's there at 15, I could get behind it as long as you're not investing in the next four years in that guy without bringing in competition or looking elsewhere. But um, maybe, maybe, maybe I like Linderbaum a lot. Yeah. The, uh, the idea that we owe it to this guy, mm -mm, get that out of your head. Just, just get it out of your head. That guy owes it to you. He I have a walk-on mentality. He belongs. He, he, that's it. Works the other way around. Yep. Um, Lawrence comes in back in with some stars. So, would you guys be upset if we don't go out and get a coach or a quarterback this offseason? And if we don't, will it be enough to not be last in the division next season? So you're uh, saying yes the- and no. <laughs> um, I think you're going to have to have at least one new quarterback. I have a hard time picturing Teddy Lock and Teddy Lock. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke being on the the roster next year. Uh, Teddy doesn't have a contract. Um, Will he get uh, a big dollar offer from somewhere else? I don't, I don't think so. Um, You know, we've, we've talked about this and we've seen that, you know, that there there was talk that his agent was coming out saying that, you know, for him to sign early and forego free agency, he wanted 25 a year, Mm -mm, not going to happen. Um, he's got coming off a couple of concussions and a meh couple of seasons, you know, the best part of his entire resume since he had his leg injury was in new Orleans. And that's how we parlayed that into a big contract before that he was on two consecutive one year deals at six and $7 million. That's where Teddy is. Teddy Bridgewater is a six and $7 million stopgap backup insurance policy. That's where he is. Do you want to bring him back as a starter no. Um, Fangio coming back. You can do better, right? You, you, you've got to be able to do better than that. Yeah. Then, I mean, I, I just think if I see, if I see as like, uh, we're going to keep him for another year. Okay. Well then what are you going to do with the quarterback position? Um, it would be more interesting next year with, if, if Locke was the de facto starter, that would definitely be more interesting, but otherwise you'd kind of be like, man, it's 10,000, 15,000 no-shows in the seats already. That speaks volumes. It does. Yeah. It speaks volumes. You've got to have some change. There's got to be a reason to get people excited for next year. There has to be. Yeah, the only way I would be okay with Fangio coming back is if you had some very strong feelings that uh, you could pair his defensive mind and just let Russell Wilson slash Aaron Rodgers say, okay, you are you pick the offensive coordinator and you're in charge of the offense. We'll just let Vic Fangio handle the defense. And it's kind of, you know, separation of church and state there with the offense and the defense. Um, so 
Which is That's almost what, I, what Vic did with Shermer. He just picked the wrong guy. Yes, exactly. Also, didn't have the quarterback, which would be, I mean, <laughs> I know a lot. there's a lot of offensive coordinators like uh, Kyle Shanahan and whatnot that are pretty good, not regardless of the quarterback, but you don't have to have an elite quarterback. But if you have, yeah. it's the John Fox uh, Peyton but you can elevate. Scenario. You can elevate the quarterback position a little bit. Yeah. You know, yep. what was Tanny Hill before he got into a better situation? You know, someone like yeah. him. Yeah, that man, I'm Tanny Hill's really regressed since Derrick Henry went down. Always expected, but uh, a lot more two safety shells and those deep shots are gone. Who'd have thought? Uh, Travis Weber coming in again. Uh, thank you, Travis. Uh, with all the coaching rumors and quarterback rumors, who do you all who do you all would consider? Quinn, et cetera, Matty Ice, Wilson, Rogers, which seem realistic, or even new ownership. Do they stick with Fangio? Also, an article that sees Teddy ends up back in Minnesota. Um, I feel like I'm in the minority, and I put this out there on Twitter, and I got my head chewed off. But uh, if the Broncos <laughs> lose out on Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I would honestly be fine making a play at Matt Ryan if he was available. I know the contract stuff is dicey, or Kirk Cousins. I think both those guys are a step forward than what you had this season. And if it's those guys versus taking a class in this 2022 group, which I'm, I just, I'm, I'm really trying to fall in love with these, one of these quarterbacks. I'm having a hard time with it. Uh, or gosh, then, then you're in the Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor mold. I, I think I would rather give up a first round pick to go get Kirk Cousins slash Matt Ryan than sign one of those guys. Uh, unless your plan is all in on 2023. But if it's 2022, I think I'd rather go down to uh, go down to take one of those guys. But we'll see. Uh, quarterback or coach wise, Hackett, Quinn, Todd Bowles, uh, Byron Leftwich, all guys come to mind. I really, I really, really like what Dennis Allen is doing in New Orleans as well. I wish they would consider him. Um, but we'll see. Matt Ryan throws for 4,500 yards in his sleep. I know. I mean, he's got almost 400 touchdowns. Yeah. You give him these weapons and protect him a little bit in a defense, and you're really, really, especially as as low as the bar is set you would really, really like Matt Ryan and I, Atlanta fans who that are vocal, but don't know football would say, wow, he's, we, I guess I underestimated him. Yeah, you, you have, um, Matt Ryan would be really good. Uh, we were asked yesterday, Nick, uh, who would you rather have, um, for next year, uh, Quinn or, um, or more from the Cowboys, which one of the, and I said for this team, with an established team, a veteran team, I'd rather have the older, more established veteran coach. I'd rather have Quinn. If I take this team and I say, okay, I got a two, three-year window with this team and I want to take a shot with this team, I'd rather have Quinn and have him go and get his offensive coordinator and because he'd be the type that would help turn that over um, and and give that offensive coordinator autonomy and, and go take a shot. Now, if I'm looking maybe a little bit more long-term, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I've already got my young quarterback, I'd probably rather have more. But 32, 33-year-old Kellen Moore coming into a veteran team that's looking to make a run, I don't know that that's the best environment for a rookie, young rookie head coach, even if he has that kind of upside. Um, I, I think you, you could possibly take a step back. I think you'd see some of the veterans buck up against that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the, the veteran coach who would come in and again, you'd have to nail your offensive coordinator higher, but you know, you've got George Payton to help with that too. And you've got a great nucleus, get the quarterback. I'd, I'd rather have Quinn in that case. It all comes down to the quarterback for me. It really is that simple. If you're bringing in a veteran, heck yes, give me Quinn. Cause then I'm not as worried about the development or how everything is 
running there offensively. If you're bringing in a rookie, though, I'd probably rather have more because I'm going to want to have somebody who is nurturing, bringing along that quarterback, invested in that quarterback, more involved with that quarterback than what you'd need with the vet. So, again, it's yeah, it's the economy, stupid. It's the quarterback, stupid. It's, it comes down <laughs> to what, what's going on with the quarterback position. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in with stars again. Thank you so much, Peter. Uh, so Munchak is to blame for this poor offensive line, or is it the poor recruiting that hasn't given him a chance? I don't know if the offensive line is exactly poor. They had a poor showing this last week, but I would say on the whole, they're league average, They're which okay. is, yeah, like that's me. Yeah, exactly. Um, some of it is just the talent on hand. I mean, you got, I think you got to give him credit for the improvements you've seen from Cushenberry. Uh, Bulls is, they talk about meh. He's meh as well. Um, but we talked about it to start the season. If you saw Quinn Miners this year, something went wrong on the offensive line and something did go wrong with uh, Glasgow getting hurt. And Glasgow hasn't been right all season. So that's one to blame. Um, so I think Munchak is fine. Maybe he is not this offensive line demigod, uh, offensive line coach demigod that you know he was built up to be. Um, but I think that he's fine and I'm not that worried about him, especially coming off. I think we have a little bit of a, uh, recency bias that Raiders game was bad but it was probably always going to be bad regardless because when you lost Cushenberry when you did with him uh Reisner making the checks uh with Locke in there also you lost that all that stability it was probably always going to be bad and then also Shermer kind of handcuffed Locke to be like you're not making any changes you're going to just protect the ball first and foremost and uh when the box is loaded we're still going to run right into it that's what it looks like when your offensive line is was as uh decimated up front as the Broncos so, and Jeremy has a question. We got Cush in the third. How would you guys feel about another third on a center for depth competition? If the guy's there, absolutely. Yep. Uh, interior line, center guard. I, I think you you need to go that direction. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm all for it. Um, I'm all for it, Jeremy. And then uh, let me see. I had another question coming in here. Well, hit Dennis. His the YouTube ones show up a lot brighter. I can see those without yeah. having to scroll back and look back and forth on here. Um. Dennis comes in and he asks, uh, will Seattle fire Pete Carroll before trading Wilson? Um, is, I haven't paid that close attention to it, but five and 11 is on the horizon for them. Uh, is, is Carroll done? Is he out? He's the oldest coach in football. Um, it's his first losing season in a while, but that team, they really might need a rebuild type of guy. And is, is Carroll going to want to stick around for a team that doesn't have a first round pick is might be losing their quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. I could see a, uh, a mutual partner of the ways there with uh, Carroll and Seattle. I it's, it's a tough situation, man. I don't, this Seattle team is, is uh, held up by sticks right now. Uh, they're really bad in the trenches. Their secondary is dreadful. They have a terrible defensive line. Uh, they keep in, I don't understand. Do they still have that same general manager Schneider where he's just, drafting who knows who in the first round anyway i guess when you're that bad in drafting in the first round who cares if you're, you're giving up first round picks? though i've been giving thomas dimitrov hell for 15 years for five picks for julio jones he yeah. that was nothing compared to what they gave up for for jamal adams good lord who is essentially just a weak side linebacker so it's uh i don't know he's a great player don't get me wrong but you have to know this is comes back to positional value how much of an impact is that guy actually going to make on the whole um I, that's why i'm also not trading up in the first round for in the top 10 for non quarterbacks. It's all about the, uh, the return on that investment, but uh, it's definitely possible they'll fire Carroll before trading Wilson. I do wonder if Wilson's stock is uh, trending down a little bit. He's been hurt the end of Great. most seasons. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I might be starting to, I used to think it was a little bit overrated, but the, uh, the small quarterback conversation, we're seeing a trend this season, especially with the 18 game season where, uh, or the 17 game season 
18 weeks uh, that uh, the small quarterbacks are maybe getting a little dinged up and not being as long. Kyler Murray. There's not a ton of small quarterbacks anyway. And then as soon as you take yeah. Drew Brees out of the equation for the last 20 years, trust me, I heard that from every 5'11 white kid in suburbia, his dad. Well, Drew Brees is 5'11. Yes, yes, I know. Drew Brees is one of a million. You're not. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can always you can always go to the exception, you know, always. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I like to follow, you know, well, Kyler Murray is a small guy. Yeah, he is. And, you know, Kyler Murray is one of the best football players to ever play the game. Maybe the greatest high, high school football player of all time. Um, the exception. So, again, big, strong and fast never goes out of style, Nick. Yeah, it's I mean, you can see it. It's it's. A but I, I think thing. I think uh, I think Wilson to answer the question. I think Wilson lasts longer in Seattle than Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But to, to the point of the small quarterbacks um, this year, maybe it's totally anecdotal and way too small of a sample size, but Russell Wilson last year and this year starting off good, fall off dramatically. Kyler Murray, weeks one through six, MVP, fallen off pretty dramatically since then. Baker Mayfield, also smaller, um, injured, not as good. Maybe that's enough reason to be somewhat skeptical of somebody like a Matt Corral, who is barely six foot and has a tiny uh, base and frame. Uh, I don't know, but it's, and again, that's not a huge sample size, but it's something to consider. So uh, we'll see going forward. I, I don't, I'm afraid to put this flag down, but uh, my guy for this draft class might end up being uh, Desmond Ritter. Um, I kind of like the tools that he has, and I think you could operate a Colts-style offense with him to great success. That means you have to have the offensive line as well, which uh, <laughs> not easy, but um, I think I think my guy might be, end up being Desmond Ritter. Uh, Travis Tarbox coming in saying, Morning, fellas, Denver Broncos for life. Good morning to you, Travis. Uh, go Hawkeyes, starting to get excited. Good to have you. Good to have you for sure. And then we got some heavy hitters coming in, some some, some big hitters coming in. I think we, we had the lead off. Now we're to the middle of the order because uh, Shane's coming in with some big stars. Says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Besides QB, what position would you target in free agency or draft? And are there certain players you would want? Um, the, the needs, this is, this is going to be like really easy to do Falcons Broncos because the needs match up so obviously, except for maybe the quarterback position that they're, they're, they're like this this year. Yeah. Right tackle edge. If I can get one of those two positions and for the Falcons, I'd say corner also is a huge need. Um, but I get, I need more pass rush from the Broncos and I need to protect the passer better. So it, for a premium position, the way it matches up with this draft, I'm looking at if one of those tackles and one of those edge rushers is there, that's my guy. Those are, you know, and, and it could end up being, um, or a hybrid guy like your Texas A&M kid, uh, Leo uh, DeMarvin Leal. Yeah. He could, he could be there. Um, one of your Mississippi state offensive tackle cross, I think is his name. He, he could end up being there. Carl Loftus could sneak down. Um, Stingley as a corner could end up as a, as a best player available could end up, you know, something happened with him. And for my money right now, Kyle Hamilton, the safety, we were just talking about not spending too much. So I don't want to use three first round picks on a safety, but you know, a top 10 pick on a game changer. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Cause yeah. he's playing, He's playing every single defensive snap. And I think that's kind of what gets into it, Nick. You know, watching when we talk about linebackers, you know, where you talk about nose guards, it's like, do I want to invest that much in a guy who's only going to be on the field half the time? Is he going to be a three down player? Well, yeah, you know, and a guy like Kyle Hamilton will be. So you're certainly getting more value. Yeah. Um, I love, um, I love Caden Stearns for the Broncos. No doubt about it. I think he's, you'd be fine with starting him next year or even bringing back Kareem Jackson for cheap. But um, neither of those guys, even if you already have both those guys in the roster, I don't give a bleep that they're already there. If Kyle Hamilton's staring you in the face, he changes what you can do defensively uh, on the back end. So I don't even I don't even care. The team draft good players. You don't need to look at for sometimes you just need to look. It's as simple as 
throwing away the depth chart and looking at what's in front of you. And if you have a chance at Kyle Hamilton, what you could do in the back end, especially with uh, teams using safeties in the run fits more than we've seen in a long time, spinning those safeties down, his ability to play the slot, to play the box, to play single high, to play two high. Um, and also a heat seeking missile in the RPO pass game uh, coming from the opposite side of the field. So important in today's NFL. Um, you d- don't overthink it. Uh, Kyle, ha- Kyle Hamilton is the, again, I, I'm coming back for the Pokemon reference, everyone. Um, you have a, <laughs> sorry. Um, if uh, Justin Simmons is like the Pikachu prospect version to Kyle Hamilton's uh, rat, radic radichu. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I, I, either way, he's, he's like, yourself with this he's one bigger, there. he's bigger, faster, stronger, and a better prospect in Justin Simmons and uh, very similar, but just kind of a, you, you turned up the sliders in Madden five points in every single field. Uh, maybe that's more, more in your, uh, your there way. But, I know uh, what that means. Yeah. I do that in yep. FIFA. Yep. Hey, oh man, he's a Justin Simmons is a 90 speed. Kyle Hamilton's a 95. Justin Simmons is a 90 awareness. Kyle Hamilton's a 95. So uh, he's he's special, man. I love. But him. but to, to, the quick answer to this question, Shane, for me is is edge and tackle. Um, and if I have a asking, you know, grade grade uh, Peyton, uh, my question was my two questions would be, you know, did you try and go after another quarterback? And I, I think he probably did. They're just it's not easy. It's not easy. It's expensive, and guys that have them don't want to give them up. So did you try and go after another quarterback? If you didn't like Justin Fields or Mac Jones, okay. Um, you you hit on, on your draft pick there. But my bigger question, my biggest concern, and if I'm giving grades, is couldn't you have done better at right tackle for this team with the cap room that you had available? Even overpaying a guy for one year, you come in and pay him a 50% increase. Wasn't there somebody else out there that you could have done better for at right tackle that's where i think the two places you need to you need to address uh in free agency and draft right tackle and edge rusher yeah um you're right and this last offseason was kind of tough because they did have juan james under contract for mm-hmm. a big money right. um and then he got injured right after the draft which is you like, got a well, full refund so you didn't athlete. didn't necessarily need him in the draft but it just felt like there were guys out there in free agency that you could have you know, you, you overspend, you overspend on yep. a one-year deal. It's like, listen, this yep. guy's offering you 20 for 10. I'm going to give you 15 for one, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just come play here and then go get 10 next year and you end up with 25. Yep. Uh, but it just seems to me, and you know, I'll, I'll say full disclosure. I don't know that the answer is yes, you should have gone after this guy, this guy, and this guy. It just seems yep. like you could have done better with all that money you had. That's just sitting, you know, un, unused right now. Uh, under the cap that you could have done better at right tackle. And now it's time. Now it's time. I mentioned the heavy hitters coming in. Joe has been swinging for the fences all month as we've, uh, we've, we finished up December here. Uh, And what's cool is Joe came in on YouTube on our channel yesterday and was a contributor on YouTube. So going the extra mile, not just contributor, but going the extra mile to make sure that he's able to contribute because I can't accept stars on my channel yet because I don't have a a big enough uh, Facebook following. So, um, Appreciate you, Joe. Um, good morning, all. My hopes to end the season is we lose to the Chargers for the draft pick, and then I hope we beat the dog out of the out of the Chiefs. It's unlikely, but crazier things have happened. So while I was waiting for this to come up, I looked up the playoff standings. Uh, the Chiefs have a one-game lead on the Titans and a two-game lead on, on anybody else. So th- they could probably sew up home field advantage this weekend, the number one seed this weekend. I don't know that for sure. But it seems like with their strength of schedule, uh, their division record is four and one. Their conference is six and four. Their strength of schedule is way out of sight 
compared. I would think that should be a first tiebreaker in reverse because if you've got a lower strength of schedule, they give you a higher draft pick. Well, if you've got a higher strength of schedule and you're tied, that should that should count in your favor going towards the playoffs. So if Kansas City could sew up a number one this weekend, maybe, maybe at home you go out and, and you lay it to the, the Chiefs with a bunch of reserves and you don't care. You don't care if it's a bunch of reserves that are out there and they're resting starters. It, you know, when you look at the end of the day and you're looking back in history and you see the score, you say, yeah, we, we hung 40 on them that day. And you're pretty happy about it. Yeah, I'm using the playoff machine right now. And if the Chiefs, uh, even if the Titans and the Patriots lose um, this week and the Chiefs win, if the Titans beat the Texans week 18, then it looks like the te- uh, the Titans look at the number one seed based on the tiebreakers, just messing with the playoff machine right now. So uh, we, we'll see. But, um, yeah, the Chiefs could fall um, if they uh, fall to the second seed. So I guess the Titans have the tiebreaker. If they no, have the, if the Titans record. lose they're, and the Chiefs win, then it's sewn up for sure because they'd have a two-game lead with one to play. Uh, let me look at they're, this. The, the Chiefs are 11-4 and four right now, and the Titans are 10-5. and five. Huh. Okay, I have the Titans at uh, – I messed with the playoff machine. It doesn't look like it's that way, but we'll see. Um, I'm but, just looking at standings. Yeah. Okay. So I trust ESPN more than something called playoff machine. No, I'm, I'm just um, well, Okay. So this was uh, the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> uh, do the Chiefs and the Titans have the same record right now? No. Chiefs are 11 and four. Titans are 10 and five. So if the, okay. So if the Titans. Unless I'm go, on the wrong year. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if the Titans, so the thing was, um, if the Titans win this week and the Chiefs win this week, um, then the Chiefs have to win Week 18. Okay, so they can end up with the same up record sure with a win. Yes. Okay. Um, if the Titans lose and the Chiefs win, then the Chiefs will definitely yeah. sew it up. But if okay, they have so the they same record, sew it up. But they've got uh, the Dolphins, and I guarantee you the Dolphins are going to give it their best shot. They've won seven in a row, so yeah. that might actually be a pretty good game. The Titans have had the second easiest or one of the easiest schedules in 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 football. And the Dolphins are playing pretty good football right now. Like I said, their their strength of schedule hasn't been great, but I don't I don't care. You win seven in a row in the NFL, you've earned it. You, you yeah. you've earned it. Yeah. Now, just um, messing with the playoff machine though. If they both finish twelve and five, um, then the uh, then it looks like the Titans would get the one seed. But I think the Titans game is probably going to happen uh, a time slot earlier than the Chiefs game. So we might really know like right before kickoff what the and, implications uh, are. And Joe, I you know to, I didn't actually realize um looking out of the corner of my eye i just saw the the five zero zero stars there's actually another zero on there so that was five thousand stars coming in so Holy like i said hitting cleanup uh shane doubled in everybody doubled hit the double and then uh and then joe just cleared the fences with a home run i, I like baseball i love baseball <laughs> um, and okay i was getting a little bit of crap for my uh pokemon reference there how about a video another different easier video game reference Justin Simmons is play uh, Xbox, the first Xbox, and then Kyle Hamilton's Xbox 360. Uh, just as a prospect, he's just a little bit bigger, faster, stronger than Simmons. There's a reason Simmons fell to the compensatory third round pick. Kyle Hamilton is similar, but a little bit higher than all of them. Well, and Joe wasn't done either. So, um, and, and Ethan coming in also. So, getting towards the end of the year. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, yeah. Certainly appreciate the show. With your support, this is become. I mean, we're on more than everybody, but even on a per show basis, this has become Wait, the number two show. Uh, on on Mile High Huddle, so um, uh, it's it's because of you. So we certainly appreciate you being here. Um, DWI guy says I want uh, Aaron Rodgers, but getting Hackett would be a welcome change at head coach. I worry. I don't know much about him. I worry. What's Hackett like? Is Hackett another Josh McDaniels? You know who 
you're you're playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and all of a sudden, you know, I watched Charlie Weiss come out of there, you know, an arrogant a hole who flopped going everywhere, but ran his mouth like he was God. I watched Josh McDaniels, a, a younger version, do just about the same thing, you know. So I don't know. I don't. I, I hate to paint that brush on Hackett because I don't know. What I do know is, if you're an offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to look good. He's going to make yeah. you look good. So what are his bona fides? Is he, is he legit? You know, I'd be interested in the interview. Is he, is he humble? Um, where has he had success before? I mean, you don't get that job unless you, you've had some success. So um, getting Aaron Rodgers would be, that'd be great. And pick your, who do you want? You can have your brother-in-law as, as offensive coordinator for all I care, Aaron. Yeah. Um, but if you can't get him, is, would Hackett be the next best thing to tune things up? Right now, I almost feel like, you can't do much worse than what we see out of the, the offense for Denver. Everything looks – you ever watch a basketball game where you're in a half-court offense and it feels like you need every single second of the shot clock to make a tough shot, and yep. then the other team just fast breaks and just gets a layup, and you're like, God bless. We're just outmanned. Yep, yeah. That's how it feels watching the Broncos. It feels like everything is just so hard to do. Mm -hmm. I watch everybody else, and you know they get wide-open crossing routes and open up running lanes and – you know, there's it's it's offensive football right now, and you're not you're offensive. Yeah. The, to be uh, to be fair, um, this is a weird trend across the league, but the, we have like the lowest average top DVOA passing offense in the league in the last twenty years. Um, offenses are scoring less across the entire NFL, um, and passing metrics are down across the NFL, which is one reason that I think that like oh Teddy Bridgewater's statistics are league average. How is that possible? It's because passing across the NFL is poor, and that's probably can be explained. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has regressed statistically. Josh Allen has regressed statistically. Lamar Jackson has regressed statistically. Baker Mayfield has regressed st statistically. Uh, there's even more. Uh, Lamar Jackson has regressed statistically, and then these rookie classes struggling as well for the most part. So passing metrics across the league, even if Teddy is on the whole probably a borderline spot gap starter. This year, he's league average starting-wise, uh, statistic statistically speaking. So and He's one um, of the few that's having a better year. Yep, Broncos actually than, have gotten... History. Yeah, it's weird. The Broncos... I, if we were using like standard deviations, the Broncos' improvements on offense this year would look even bigger because of the uh, the trends across the league have regressed massively um, the other way. It's the first time in a while that we've seen that actually happen in the league. And, uh, I mean, when you have Josh Allen putting up six points against the Jags and you have Tom Brady putting up, what was it, zero, three? Yeah, you get shut Saints. out by the Saints. Yeah. That's uh, that's kind of what it's going to look like. Um, Joe coming in here. I'm not an expert on the coaches in the league, but I want George Payton to take his time and not select a guy just because of history with him. Like Zimmer step one is fire fan. Joe, as long as Payton completes step one, I believe we'll figure out a good coach for us. Um, yeah, I, one, one day at a time. I'm just still, it sounds like there's still a possibility that Fangio could be back. So I'm going to see what these next two weeks look like and also enjoy these next two weeks. Um, I have a hard time with evaluating coaches because I, they don't have the tape. You know, I can, I'm a Jimmy and Joe's believer, a personnel believer versus the scheme and the player. Obviously there is an extent where that matters, but um, your most coaches are only as good as their players. So I hope that they get the right guy in there, but it's more about empowering the right guys around you. Yeah. I, I think with, uh, is, and this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm kind of pro Dan Quinn is because do, do the guys want to play for him? I, again, I, I'll throw it back to baseball. A baseball manager doesn't really, especially in the American League with the DH, doesn't really have that much to do except mm -hmm. to manage the clubhouse to keep everybody on an even keel and do they want to play for him or not? Yeah. You know, I don't know that Vic Fangio is the most inspiring guy in the world. These guys are professionals. They're going to go out and do a job. But it doesn't seem like 
You know, this isn't a guy, you know, say, oh, yeah, we really wanted to win this one for Vic. You know, you don't see that happen like Andy Reid, you know, some of the longtime guys. You know, Andy Reid's mm-hmm. getting congratulations from guys that aren't even on his team anymore and and, and that kind of stuff. It's, um, it comes down to, for me, the coaching comes to the coordinator. So in that sense, then Vic is a good defensive coordinator. So you've got your good defensive coordinator there, but you've missed on the offensive coordinator. So in most times, you're going to have – one or the other. So how can how well does he do, do with his hire in his non-specialty? So in Vic's case, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, we'd say probably hasn't done that well. So getting back to this, for the general manager, his number one job is to make sure that he's got the right coaches in place. That's his number one job, the number one job. And I'm kind of with you on this. As long as he realizes that he doesn't have the guy, then it's it's – then you you feel like he's doing his number one job. And uh, Joe, again, thank you for the stars, my friend. Certainly appreciate it. Yeah, goodness gracious. Joe and Ethan, the uh, MVPs. It's going to be interesting uh, to see uh, which of those guys pulls ahead um, for the uh, the MVP for this month. But uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, any other – we haven't even talked to any Chargers because we've just been looking at the uh, – Looking at the looking ahead, looking well beyond, looking at the draft and everything. Um, thank you, Peter. Four thousand, yeah, zero zero zero. Um, any thoughts on this Chargers game for the Broncos? Chargers obviously coming off a dreadful loss against the Houston Davis Mills, um, where Justin Herbert did not look amazing. But I'll tell you, people trying to pile on Justin Herbert in that game, it's it's the defense. Their defense has been dreadful. Outside of Derwin James and Joey Bosa, I don't really like any of their pieces on the defensive side of the ball for them. So, uh, any thoughts? Um, for me, that was going back to the defense was the running game. I mean, my thoughts on this is Denver should bully this team in the trenches, which we haven't typically seen. They were doing a much better job running the ball until they ran and stopped running the ball against, uh, I mean, eight yards from your running backs against the Raiders. That's almost statistically impossible. I mean, it really is. That's, that's almost statistically impossible. So if you throw that game out, we know the Denver Broncos can run the ball. We know the Raiders or the, the Chargers can't stop the run and run it at them. Run it again. If you're going to be boring, be boring by running it down their throats. When I was a kid, I hated three yards in a cloud of dust. Now I call it three yards in a cloud of rubber pellets, but I hated it as a kid. As I got older and appreciated the, the physical battles and the mano y mano in the trenches, I love three yards in a cloud of rubber pellets. You know, if they stuff you, run it again. Run it again and again and again and keep after them. I don't think they can stop you. You give the ball to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams 45 times, you should have 200 yards of rushing. And I don't care if it ends up being one yard, one yard, one yard, 40 yards. Go after them, stay after them, and you can win this game. Yeah, they need to be, I've said it all season, almost defiant in uh, the face of it. And it's to protect the quarterback as much as anything. I think if you, especially with Joey Bosa against Bobby Massey, uh, unfortunately, maybe we'll see a uh, Teddy Bridgewater's play of the year was the stiff arm touchdown um, with Joey Bosa involved. And maybe we'll get one of those with Drew Locke. But if if Drew Locke throws it over 25 times in this game, something probably went wrong. Um did I not mention the Derwin James as well? Bosa and Derwin James are the two building blocks on the defense. I thought I said Derwin James too. Uh, excuse me. I love Derwin. Um, always stand him. Right. You uh, did. You did. I did. Okay. No. Yep. Yeah. I love, I love Bosa and Derwin. Um, now was Bosa yeah. playing in this game. Cause he didn't play against the, the Texans. I think he's expected to play. Okay. But um, that was again, I don't, I don't, I know I'm, I should, 
probably know this better, but I don't follow the Chargers on a daily basis. I'm like, all right, is he there or not? If he didn't play, um, why didn't he play? You know, Drew Tranquil had a good game. Um, and, and my boy Braden Fajoko, I went to Hawaii and watched him play and made him a five-star. That was kind of fun. Uh, he had a solid game, but I did I did notice Tranquil out there. But what I did notice was, uh, was Royce Freeman and Rex Burkhead running wild just running wild. They're getting six yards for they're getting touched, just massive openings on the interior line. Yeah. And I have the information here from yesterday. Um, Bosa was on the, uh, the sick list along with um, I think number one rated center in football right now, if not number one, number two and uh, Corey Lindsley. So unfortunately that's unfortunate for Denver in that regard, because uh, the Broncos have been getting whipped, whipped um, running between the a gaps this season. I think they're, uh, Average line adjusted yards is like 27th in the NFL this season, which is terrible from that defensive line. They're just getting whipped back. Um, and it's also really sad. My Dur- uh, my Draymond Jones propaganda is kind of the sun is setting there because he, I don't know if you went back and watched the Broncos game or the all 22s out, but Draymond is out there playing on one leg. That foot injury is not right. Um, no, no way about it. I honestly, I would shut him down for the season. There's no reason to put him out there if he's just going to get whipped and hurt his value. And um, you, you probably want to see McKelvin Ajim out there. You probably want to see some of those depth guys uh, because you're playing for pride and evaluation at this point versus the playoffs. So shut, shut Draymond down. I don't protect him. Um, but Bosa and Lindsley should be back. Kenneth Murray. We were talking smack about him earlier. Kenneth Murray is now on the list as well as uh, storm Nor- Norton. So, uh, hopefully we'll see the Broncos take take advantage of the right tackle and the linebacker core for the Chargers. And Shane coming back in and says, I'm all for retread coaches like Doug Peterson, Todd Bowles, Dan Quinn, et cetera. Some of the best coaches were retreads uh, like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Shanahan, Jimmy Johnson. Um, yeah, most of the time I, I've, I've used this line before. I said being a coach in the college or NFL is almost like being a made man in the mafia. They just keep recycling them. Some of them are good. They keep getting jobs, and some of them aren't. And some, you know, they Andy Reid, we know that guy can coach. Um, that was a good move. Dan Quinn, like I've said, it's not easy to have even a 500 record in Atlanta. We're not talking about the Denver Broncos here. A 500 record across six years is puts you in elite company among Atlanta coaches. Uh, Todd Bowles, and you mentioned Doug Peterson, and thank you. You're the second person I've seen spell his name right. If he comes to Denver, we're going to have to learn how to spell his name. Um you know, is I don't know enough about him other than, you know, he had a good run with the Eagles and won a Super Bowl. How long was he there? You know, did he have good Super Bowl? I mean, I mean, I know that's good, but I always think of Larry Coker with the with Miami, mm. uh, the Miami Hurricanes. That's a little bit old for you, Nick. No, I, Larry I remember Coker, Coker won a national championship with the Miami Hurricanes with someone else's team and then fell flat on his face. I remember um, Coker. So it was a sample size here. So, yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Okay, but did he did he lead that team? Um, or was he just kind of right place, right time? I don't know, but yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't, uh, wouldn't disqualify somebody, um, like that. You just don't want to see the same boring coach, uh, you know, so a, a non-inspired one. I was um, screaming from the top. Speaking of screaming, I'll Ethan screaming in here, red plopping, uh, hundred dollars DWI guys, Ethan, thank you so much. The last Broncos for breakfast show at 2021. Thanks all for the good content. Happy New Year's to everyone. Happy New Year's to you, Ethan. Happy New Year's to everybody supporting the show. Um, man, you guys are amazing, and thank you so much for the constant support. And I'm, again, I've just uh, tripped down memory lane here. We, I think it was Chad came to me and said, I got this buddy, Scott. Uh, he helped me get in the business, uh, been with me for a while, and he's kind of interested in the live streaming aspect. 
are you able to do a morning show? I'm like, well, if I can do it at 6.30 a.m. so I can still get to work after that, I'm in. What is the viability for a morning show? We're going to find out. And uh, Scott and I just kind of dipped our toe in the water leading to the draft season, which was, I mean, talk about specific one single team for draft season. That's that's about as niche as it gets. But you, I guess we just kept, kept putting out solid content, more so with Scott than myself. Um, I'm Pokemon references here. I guess it's over everybody's head. I don't even play Pokemon anymore. I don't know why I go to that. It's just because I think of the evolutionary well, I'm, track. I'm not afraid to say Albert Okawebenom anymore. Ooh, I was terrified in June. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that's a, there's more names coming. I can spit. I can spit out these names now. You know, it was, it was, you know, Nick, Nick, uh, couldn't have done this without Nick. Wouldn't want to do it without Nick. So, um, it was, you know, I, I, I know football, I know personnel and I just needed the time to get up to speed with the Denver Broncos and and y'all showed me the patience to help me do that as well. And I think this is a, a pretty good, pretty good team. Yeah, thank you. But again, we're, we're patting ourselves in the back right now. It's you guys. Uh, you guys show up in the morning for these morning shows and support us and keep the content turning. So we appreciate the heck out of you uh, for that. Um, but thank you so much, DWI guys. Back to the Doug Peterson comment. Um, I don't know. You were not following me. We were not aware of each other back then. But I was screaming after the Eagle Super Bowl, Frank Reich. Frank Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich. That was my guy. Um, what he did going from totally scrapping the offense with um, – and he was the play caller there too. Uh, totally scrapping the offense from what they were doing with Carson Wentz, then to Nick Foles, and being that successful with those two quarterbacks, I was like, "This guy is brilliant. He matches his uh, scheme to what the personnel does." And he, we've seen that from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz this season. So I have loved Frank Reich forever. I, that makes me a little bit skeptical of Doug Peterson because I put more credit on Reich for the offense there than I do Doug Peterson, but. Peterson stable Peterson by all accounts is a um, well-liked guy in those locker rooms. I don't know if you've seen the videos of him in the, when he's talking to the players or anybody, he's like, he ends it. Okay. Let's go get ice cream. They, they always have ice cream in the back after his <laughs> meetings are wrapped up. Oh man. I could be a, I'm a grown man. I'm well past 40. Uh, and you got me there. I'm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> ice he, cream. <laughs> he is all about. I ring the, that bell. I still act like Eddie Murphy, you know, ice cream. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll have to send you the clip because somebody p- compiled the one where he's like every single meeting. It's like, let's go get ice cream. Bring in the ice oh, cream. Man, boys. I bet it. I bet there's a roar. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good time. So I, I would be here for that content in general. Um, be great. Uh, we got Trevor coming in here too. Nick and Scott, do you guys think there's anything Locke can do in these last two games to have the team run it back with him next year? I'm honestly hoping for all new quarterbacks. We have seen what these quarterbacks are and need some new vibes in Broncos country. Thanks guys. I think worst to be case- here, Trevor. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. Worst case scenario for the Broncos um, in general would be, and it's not, it's not terrible, 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 but um, let's say you miss out on Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. You don't really fall in love with any of the quarterbacks in this draft class and you can't even, I'm okay. Some of the people aren't, but I'm okay. Even bringing in a Kirk cousins or a Matt Ryan, if you can renegotiate the contract, lower the cap hit so you can build around them a bit and uh, not give up too much draft capital for them. Sorry, Scott, for the Falcons there. Um, But worst case would be, doing a similar situation that we had this year where it's a Teddy equivalent, someone like a Marcus Mariota, a Tyrod Taylor and an Andy Dalton versus Drew Locke in the camp battle. Best guy win to me. That is just, you were stop gapping again, at least it's short term. Um, what that's again, a one year situation, which is not ideal, but at least it's not long term. Um, but that, I think that's the only, the only way I see Drew Locke being back via uh, viable as a starter. Yeah. And, and for me real, you know, is there a way he can do this? You want him 
to go out and it's it i don't know that i want it in the chat there's a couple in the evening show that just drive me bonkers uh with their delusion when it comes to this quarterback stuff but you want drew lock to go out there and just kill it just kill it at the very least you know i mentioned i'll bring it back to teddy bridgewater teddy bridgewater was a six million dollar quarterback he was a seven million dollar quarterback he had a nice five and oh or a four and one or something like that run with the saints under sean payton and then the carolina panthers went out and lost their minds they lost their minds gave him three years 66 million dollars matt flynn goes out and throws six touchdown passes and the Seattle Seahawks go out and lose their minds. Uh, Scott Mitchell, way back when, I, I don't remember who it was. It may have been Ethan that, that brought that up. I think I called him Scott McDonald's. But Scott Mitchell goes out and backs up um, Dan Marino, goes out and has a couple decent games, and the Detroit Lions lose their minds. People get crazy when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, how else do you say Christian Ponder was a, a number one draft pick? Uh, Sam Darnold, you're trading three number twos to draft him. People do stupid stuff. I got another one for you. Stupid stuff at quarterback. Kevin Cobb. Um, the I don't Eagles. Know who that is. Okay, he was a quarterback. He went to uh, – oh, God. Where do you play school? I want to say he played at uh, Houston, um, and he did really good for the Eagles for like a couple seasons. And then the Cardinals traded Dominique Rodgers-Camardi and a second-round pick for Kevin Cobb, who was awful then for the uh, the Cardinals after that. But you get a nice small sample size of Drew Locke playing well. And at the Rock very Osweiler. least, maybe you get somebody to do something stupid. At the very best, maybe he becomes a guy you can keep next year. Do you keep him next year? Yeah, I, we went through this at the beginning of the show. I still think he's cheap. He's cheap and he's a he's a serviceable backup. You could certainly do a lot worse. Josh Rosen's a backup for the Atlanta Falcons, and he's worse than Drew Locke. And he had a higher grade, higher draft, and all that type of stuff. Was more expensive. So, yeah, a serviceable backup. Now, again, if Drew Locke goes through the competition and he gets a fresh start with a new coach, new offense coordinator, and goes through the competition and, and does not win a starting job with whoever he's going against and requests a trade, I, I think you acquiesce and say, yeah, I, I think I think we can. So um, you do right by him as long as he's being a good professional. Uh, Ethan says he comes in and remember that stand up talking about Eddie Murphy and ice cream. I was raised by like Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby and Gallagher. I, I watched and listened to all of those all the time. My wife used to think I was pretty funny until I, you know, played Eddie Murphy delirious for her. And it's like, Oh, this is where you get all your material. Yeah, I do. So yeah, good stuff. Ice cream. I'll have to send you that clip. It's a good time. Um, another one, the, uh, the other guy, I can't believe we haven't mentioned that Brock Osweiler. Uh, getting a massive contract from the Texans to the extent where he was so detrimental to their cap and poor that the Texans had to trade a second round pick for a team to eat but his salary. People, I mean, you see one game, you see, yeah. you know, Drew Locke comes out and has, doesn't screw up last week. And all of a sudden we got hot takes galore of, see, made the wrong choice. See, he's a good quarterback. It's like, it's it's one game. So general managers aren't, immune from that either go put three good games on tape now go throw some touchdowns now actually go get your team in the end zone the drew lock experience you baby. could you could get something some draft capital you could you could spin back around or package away and and yeah you you want him to be a viable asset for sure so mm -hmm. could he be back maybe could he elevate his draft position yes he could absolutely yeah but there's no way in heck that you can come away this offseason with him being listed as number one on the depth chart for the quarterback position for 2022. If you did that, it's a failure of the offseason. You just can't do that. Um, and 
just like you shouldn't uh, bury the offensive line for having a bad game against Vegas this week compared to the relative sample size. You got to trust the, the overall sample size for Drew Locke and his career being indicative. Maybe it turns around, maybe it doesn't, but the best uh, informer of the future is the past. Uh, so we will see what happens. And yeah, Drew had a good game. Let's see if he can stack another one. And I'm pulling for him because he's always come across as a dude who would be, I would love nothing more than to go on a fishing trip with Drew Locke. He seems like a heck of a fun dude and we'd have a blast. Um, so that I'm pulling for him. And Travis coming in with some stars saying, just ready for our Broncos to get back to winning and being on top. Whatever we need to do, get that done. Just saying, that's it. Just yep. whatever it takes, just do it. It's that easy. Do it. Have you seen the Shia for, LaBeouf? Just for, like Broncos, for Broncos fans, it probably has felt that easy. It probably yeah. has. I, I, I kind of joke behind the scenes that y'all are spoiled. Oh, uh, absolutely. I went 40 years without back-to-back winning seasons as an Atlanta sports fan. Uh, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's tough. Yep. It's tough when you're used to, you know, what's going back to Eddie Murphy and, and trading places. You know, how do you hurt rich people? Turn them into poor people. <laughs> that's what seems. Y'all are rich. You don't like being down here with the rest of us. That's that's how you end up hurting them. Not just yep. beating them, but bringing them down a couple notches. So they, the, I, I think all the all the right pieces are in place. They really are. Uh, I, I, I'm certainly excited about this off season um mm. and again it's christmas you know we're excited and if going back to the very beginning of the show if you don't change your head coach and you don't bring in another quarterback you killed yeah. it. you killed us you just Not killed it right away from us and you're already looking at fifteen thousand empty seats in the in the in the stadium you can't do that it's there's got to be a change like I said, that speaks more to, than any anybody on Twitter, any podcast, any of this noise. Empty seats speaks more loudly than any of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, I don't know if there are any more super chats or superstars coming in, but we got to start getting the read out of here. I got to shovel out my car. I'm out in Seattle and we're just getting dumped on in snow, but it's above freezing finally for the first time in like. 200 hours. So that's great. Travis, great show, Nick and Scott. Glad I was able to catch Broncos for breakfast. Wishing everyone and our Broncos a prosperous 2022. Um, also Shane coming in. Thanks all for the great shows this year. The reason you guys have vaulted number two show is because you are reasonable in your takes. You bring fresh perspective to the Broncos that isn't rooted in major bias and you great. You're great at interacting with the chat without seeming dismissive of the opinions. Hope the show continues for a long time. Shane, that's a really nice comment and a nice comment from both you guys. Um, just try to be, I'm a skeptic at heart. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not from Missouri, but my family originates from Missouri. And that's probably why I'm very much the, uh, the show me kind of guy. You got to show me uh, to prove it. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. And must be doing something right around here. Cause you guys keep coming back and supporting us. So we appreciate you. I'm still just very thankful and amazed that this show and the platform in general has turned into what it is. And you guys keep showing up. Um, and my wife is appreciative too, because otherwise I'd be talking to ear off about this football stuff. And she would, I would, <laughs> she'd, I'd probably be dead. She probably would have killed me. You're used now. to this look. Oh, I don't even get that. You glazed over look and shake your head. Thank you for at least <laughs> pretending to listen. I, I love you for that. <laughs> I, I don't get that. I get a, why don't you go live stream? That's a, okay. God, um, thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. Um, you make sure you're following Scott and us on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Again, go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. If you are on YouTube, 
if you're not on YouTube, get a YouTube account and then go to Mile High Huddle. Subscribe, like, and share. Hit that bell notification. Leave comments on the show. It's after the fact. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Also, go to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where I think we're really going to be getting into the nitty gritty draft stuff there. Yep. And uh, this is the last Broncos for Breakfast show of the year. I think we cranked this up in April. So we went at it for about nine months. Um, all through April through the end of the year. And we will be back on Monday, January 3rd, 2022. And we'll find out. Actually, I never gave a prediction. Yeah, let's get a prediction. I'm going with the Chargers on this. I am. I think they want it more. I think their their defense will step up a little better. Um, and I don't think you can stop their offense enough. So 27-24 Chargers. I don't like it. Don't bet it. I'll tell you when to bet it. Don't bet this one. I don't like the over-under. I don't like the line. I don't like any of it. I don't like the money lines. I don't feel good about it, but if you're going to make me give you a prediction, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm never going to tell anybody to cheer against the Broncos because I think that's a little scuzzy, and and I hate gatekeeping fans. You know, If you want to cheer against the Broncos for draft position, God bless you. That's your right as a fan. Um, Maybe that's where I'm at in my heart of hearts because the Broncos right now, it's going to be hard for them to climb up the draft order at all because there's only one team with six wins in the NFL, despite the throngs of teams with seven and eight wins. So it'll be hard for the Broncos to move up above those five win teams because they'd have to win two games and the Broncos lose two. Doesn't seem super probable, but if the Broncos win, they are going to plummet down the draft order. You're talking about going from pick 11 to like pick 18, um, which is pretty, and it's not just in the, uh, the first round then it's all those other picks as well. So hoping the Broncos maybe have a good game, but still end up losing to the chargers. Maybe that's best case scenario. Um, but uh, Colin, we'll see. This is, it's funny. Cause it's true. I mean, the best yeah. comedy is, you know, so the best jokes have a hint of truth in them. Yeah. So he says 24 points. That's like three games of offense for us. <laughs> well, you're going against the 31 ranked defense and points allowed. So I think you can get in the 20s. I'm not going to go so far as to say the 30s, but I think you can get into the 20s against this defense. I just don't know that you can stop them. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, good offense these days beats good defense a lot of times. And if they're on and they've got a lot, they've got a lot of incentive. They're going to want it more. You're going to get the best shot from the Chargers this week especially with how you embarrassed him last time. And it's uh, Brandon Staley again coming up against his uh, his mentor. So it'll be an interesting game. Um, I'm really curious to see what Drew Locke shows up. Honestly, as much as uh, it'll be to the chagrin of many people, if he, I, I'm, I'm fine with him coming out there and doing another Vegas performance where it's just like, Drew, just run the offense, protect the football. On paper, that should be enough to win. It should have been enough to win last week too. It wasn't. Um, but this uh, Chargers team, they can't run the football. They can't stop the run. It should match up better on paper, but we'll see. Uh, thank you guys so much. We're going to get on out of here. I got to go shovel out. I said, oh, Scott, let's do a 45-minute show, but the Supers were just too hot. You guys are too – I can't go away when you guys are uh, coming in like that, so we'll stick around as long as that takes. We appreciate you. I will be back Saturday night. We're going to have a show tonight with uh, Chad and – today's Thursday, right? Yeah, Chad and Zach tonight with Huddle Up. Make sure you're tuning in, and we will see you – Scott and I will see you guys next year. Uh, but until then, stay safe, choose kindness, and choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.